Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fatty's Pub and Grill. This is the Rocky Lombardi Show presented to you by OnTap Sports Night, brought to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill. I'm your host, Brandon Torres. You can follow me on Twitter at BDOM300, and you can follow our main account at Huskies on Tap. Every week leading up until midweek in action, I will be joined by Rocky as well as other NIL sponsored Huskies here at Fatty's to talk NIU football. You probably wondering where's Rocky at right now. Rocky's on his way from practice, so before he gets here, we're going to do a little bit of a recap from this past weekend's game, and then we'll take a little look ahead to this weekend's game against Ball State. But the Huskies traveled on the road last week. They went to Lexington, Kentucky, played the number eight team in the nation. They lose that game by, ironically, eight points. You go into that game as four touchdown underdogs, and you play against the top ten quarterback in Will Levis in college football currently. He's projected as the number three draft pick in next year's NFL draft. And you give them your best shot. The defense did what they could, and offensively, aside from the fact that they really pressed the ball down the field early in the game, the running game was there. Ethan Hampton performed, and Shamar Thurman even found himself throwing a touchdown. For those of you that don't know, Shamar is a wide receiver. So we love when uh, everybody else gets involved a little bit in the passing game. Defensively, it was a tough and a tall task to ask of our defensive backs. We go into that game without Jordan Gander, starting quarterback. And then on the other side of the ball, you also lose Javon Burke. So you're down your number one and two corner. And then, you know, to, to, to put all of that to bed, you got the number three quarterback in all of college football up against you. So all things considered, I think the defense kind of handled themselves a lot better than we thought they would. But you really want to find a way to shut this guy down, and we just were not able to do that. A lot of that had to do with the blitzes. There was a lot of extra pressure coming from the second level of the defense, leaving the third level of the defense kind of out to drive. But the saying goes, you live by the blitz, you die by the blitz. And unfortunately, we died by the blitz out there on a Saturday. You saw a lot of good things offensively, though. Harrison Whaley has 63 yards on the ground, Antonio Ontario Brown at 37. And then we even saw our first uh, cameo from Justin Lynch, Jordan Lynch's little brother. He came in mo- mostly running packages, mostly like wildcat type stuff. And it was kind of funny because the broadcast even said that's exactly what George Lynch did when he got to that. He was just running the football, and we'll find out if he can throw later. But one thing uh, – we won't put to bed tonight is whether or not Rocky will be playing this weekend. We'll kind of see how he's doing with his rehab. But I would hope that he can play. And if he cannot, Ethan Hampton has shown us in the last two weeks that he is more than a serviceable enough quarterback to go out there and get the job done. As far as the receivers go, obviously, you know what you're going to get when you watch on IU football over the last five years. Cole Tucker did his job, and he's currently leading the Mac in receiving yards. And then the transfer from Illinois State came up big in a big spot with a 63-yard reception to set up another NIU touchdown, which cut into the deficit, didn't completely erase it. But at that point, you kind of need an onside kick and then a little bit of a touchdown in it, too. So a lot had to go our way from that point out. A special shout-out, though, to Tristan Tavis this week. Tristan Tavis, one of the second or third-string tight ends, he was able to find the end zone twice on six catches for 37 yards. And I had the chance to talk with Ethan after the game. And Ethan, obviously, as you know, is the second-string quarterback. He worked directly with Tristan throughout that time, and that's how they had that report. So you see small intricacies about this team and the death of this team and how it comes out on game day because, as Coach Anik always says, the next man on mentality is the mentality that this team has. And you see it week in and week out with freshmen and sophomores constantly making plays in order for this team to move forward. On top of uh, losing the game and not being able to see what we wanted to see completely from this team, we did lose more players on Saturday. So offensive lineman Marcus Cox, I saw him in crutches uh, towards the third and fourth quarter. Wide receiver transfer from Florida International. Uh, Shamar Thornton, he left the game as well. And then I mentioned too, which was weird because Gandy was in the press conference during the week but didn't play on Saturday. So you lose Gandy, you lose Cox, you lose Shamar Thornton. And then they even talked a little bit about it in the broadcast. You know, you, you kind of want a guy like Trayvon Rudolph for this game, but as we know, we lost him at the beginning of the season. So regardless of who goes out there this Saturday, those guys have to find a way to win the football game. It's an important game. We're one and three. Nobody's sitting in here thought that we would be at one and three, four games into the season. But here we are, and it's a fresh slate. 
You have conference play starting up this Saturday against Ball State. And as you guys all know, Ball is not a state, and they do not look good so far out of the year. You have to go to Muncie, and you have to bring the Bronx stop back. Hopefully in a little bit less dramatic fashion than last year. You don't want to have to walk them off. Maybe perhaps we'll win a game by more than one point or one touchdown. But onward we must go. And whoever's available, we need the best from them. I think for the defense, this is a real right spot. You've gone up against three power five or two power fives and a really quality group of five opponents the last three weeks, and you've had no time to even catch your breath. I think this week against Ball State, that time to catch your breath. We saw last weekend, too. Shout out to the D1. James Esther had a sack. Michael Kennedy had a sack. Kate Haberman had a sack. I got to find more. It was Devontae O'Malley. He had one. He had one and a half, actually. But the defensive line, I think, is the strength of our defense. And then on the back end, we need, to, we need more experience. And when guys are getting hurt, it's tough, but the experience is gained for those younger guys. So it's not a lose-lose. Those guys put their best foot forward. But one guy on the defensive side of the ball has answered the call week in and week out. And this is a guy that came off of injury from last season. Is Dave Erdman here. Linebacker, 10 total tackles. I think this is his third game out of four games with double-digit tackles. He had seven tackles, I believe, against Vanderbilt. But that's a guy who is a little undersized for the linebacker position, but comes in takes care of business, always wraps up and makes it hard for ball carriers to, to do what they want to do. I truly believe that at the end of the day, the goals do not change. The only thing that's off the table is a New Year's Six Bowl, and you still have to go through a lot to get to the New Year's Six Bowl. We could still win the conference. We could run the table. As I'm sitting at this table, I think we could run the table, but – even if you lose one or two games along the way, you're still bowl eligible. And I think that one of the important things for this team, as we've seen for NIU football over the last 10 years, is that we can't win that bowl game. We've lost a lot of our bowl games. I won't even speak about the bowl game from last year because we were robbed. But let's find a way to just treat each week like it's its own individual season, go 1-0 and each week. And then at the end of the season, you find yourself in Detroit like we did last year. I do believe that like last year, as the season goes on, we'll start to see them test the ball down the field a little bit more. The offense has kind of been in a little bit of a shell. We really are a, a run first team and a run heavy team. But when you have a quarterback in Rocky, who will be joining us shortly here. And you have a quarterback in Ethan who's shown the last two weeks that he can go out there and sling it against the best of competition. I mean, think about it like this. Ethan is a sophomore at IU. I believe he's technically a COVID freshman, so he's 19 years old. He went from playing high school football to, here, buddy, go start up against the number eight team in the nation who's only allowing nine points a game in front of 65,000 people. Give me your best shot. He only lose the game by eight. And, I mean, he held on to the football. He didn't throw any interceptions, no fumbles. Really did the best that he could out there. And you can only be proud of him. And know that, you know, when Rocky does end up graduating, leaving the, at least the program is in good hands. What I do want to see going into this game against Ball State is more of a balance attack. Now, obviously, we got to stick true to what we what got us here, which is the running game. But regardless of who's at the quarterback position, we have more than enough at the receiver position, whether it's Thornton. We've seen over the last two weeks with Sora and Davis that they've been able to make strides. And then you know what you're going to get week in and week out from Cole Tucker, Mr. Olive, the pride, the pride and joy of the Cal Illinois. But I truly think that this ceiling for this team now that we've kind of readjusted, readjust the parameters and get back down to earth, the fact of the matter is that we're 1 3. To go 9 3 after on the table, there's a lot left to do, but it's, it's, not, it's not out of the question. And especially, too, I don't know if you guys saw, but Miami took down Northwestern this week, and they have dug themselves as Chicago's back team, which I personally, I don't believe for a second Miami's still not come see us. And two, right now, we are the champions of the Mid-American Conference. So until that changes, I believe we are the kings of the, uh, the MAC in Chicagoland area. But that's another game a little bit further down the schedule. To take a look at what we have left, we can go through the games real quick. But like I said, so this upcoming week, we got Ball State. We take on Toledo, and then we take them on at home 
You go on the road to Eastern Michigan. These look good and bad. Like they, they beat Arizona State, got her Edwards fired, and then what do they do? Follow that up with like a two touchdown loss to Buffalo, who hadn't won a game going into that game. Following Eastern Michigan, you have Ohio, and you have Central Michigan, which is always a tough one. That's at our house. You have Western Michigan at Western Michigan. Play Miami here, so I would hope that Husky Stadium is packed to the brim that night. And then you finish off the season at Akron, or you finish off the season here at against Akron. So all teams that we see year in and year out, a lot of these teams on this list, like Western Michigan got worse, uh, Ohio got worse, Eastern Michigan's right around the same level. Toledo's, they're always expected to do something but never actually do anything. And then Miami of Ohio, that's the toughest team on the rest of our schedule. So Basement, I say seven and five. Like I could only see potential of maybe two losses on this last eight games of the season. But the important thing for the team is, like I said, is to just treat each game like it's its own season. And you take out Ball State, and then you're on to Toledo. Because when you start looking ahead on the schedule, is when you have those hiccup games. You have those games where you come out a little bit flat, and then you got to find a way to win a football game in the third, fourth quarter when you're down a few possessions. We know this team is capable of it. We saw them almost in a race of 17-point deficit against a, a team where there's a clear talent deficit. But I truly believe, like, just let this season, let this season marinate. Let this season kind of progress. As we saw last year, the team got better week in and week out. you got to remember, this is a team that lost 53 to 10 in Michigan last year, and everybody lost their head, myself included. So it's a young team. But at the same time, they also have the veteran experience and presence on this team to find ways to win football games and pressure moments. You saw it out there on Saturday. You saw it against uh, Tulsa. Coaching just got a little bit in the way. And then even against Vanderbilt, like, there was a couple decisions made down the stretch in that game. And Coach Hammett even owned up to it after the fact. That kind of said, you know, I kind of cost the guys a chance to win this game. And I thought that was very admirable of him especially directly after a loss at home in front of the biggest crowd that we've had in Husky Stadium in a long time. So I think there's a lot a lot more to be positive about with this team than there is to be negative. And even at one and three, like, it's not time to hit the panic button yet. We're just getting into conference step, the conference schedule. We're going to get Rocky back here. I would hope this week I'm not out what I – again, not a source, don't have injury information, don't – won't be able to get it from coach tomorrow, so we'll just have to find out on Saturday uh, whether or not he can play. And even if he can play, I still feel more than comfortable with Ethan going into Muncie, taking down Ball State, because Ball State's just not where they were a few years ago when they won the match. But as you can see, with them winning it two years ago and us winning it a year ago, the match is it's a lot of a conference, right? Like, any single team could win this conference year in and year out, and Luckily, we're, we're fans of the team that wins it the most, but I still like our chances going down the stretch in this season. This matchup against Ball State is going to be this Saturday. It's going to be on ESPN Plus. I'm sorry for those of you that don't have it. ESPN Plus is a great package, though, for college sports. We only have two games on it left this season, so I don't know if I would necessarily buy it just for football, but come basketball season, uh, they have women's basketball, regular men's basketball. They put any men's soccer on there. And I believe the volleyball, but I, I, I wouldn't say Colby on that. There's a lot of different sports that you can watch on there for just $5 a month. Don't want to give them a free ad because ESPN's a billion-dollar company, but sometimes they put us on the weird channels, so you got to find a way to watch. Last week, luckily enough, we were on ESPN too, though, so feels good to hang with uh, the SEC out there on the big channels. But... As you know, as you watch any NIU football broadcast, there's always that uh, that bias in the broadcast voice. They always have a little bit off for us. So hopefully that won't be the same on Ball State. Maybe one day I'll be calling the game so the bias will swing a little bit more in our favor. But as they teach you, you can't show bias. But you see it week in and week out uh, with regular broadcasts, NFL broadcasts, all, all these different types of games. But I see Clint's joining us here in the uh, live show spaces audience. So welcome, Clint. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate you, my guy. I got the chance to talk to Clint a little bit. Uh, Clint Rakovich, for those of you that don't know, our running back from last year. He said he's got some NFL teams calling. His knee is almost 100% healed. 
So we should be getting some good news on the point front. Hopefully we can get them back out here uh, to the county. It will be a little, little show, little throwback show at point, because as you guys know, he was a part of the, uh, the inaugural Huskies on tap from Fatty's crew, the NIL sponsored athletes here at Fatty's. And then two, I do believe we'll be having some of the old linemen join us here then at the Monday night dinner. The team dinner that they have uh, week in and week out here at Fatty's as part of their NIL sponsorship deal with Fatty's. But it's the second year that we've been doing the show here at Fatty's with these guys. A lot of them uh, this year are just like O-linemen. So like Marcus was here last time. Pete Niver was here. Uh, Captain Nolan Potter was here. I haven't bust all the guys. So we'll try to get as many of those guys incorporated to these live shows later on in the season. But this one, it's just going to be me and Rocky. We got a lot to talk about. I'm just, you know, checking my imaginary watch, hoping that Coach Hammond isn't keeping them too long at practice tonight. But it's been a while since we talked. I didn't even get a chance to see him really after the injury, so I haven't talked to him since the last time we were here, which was two weeks ago, and that was leading up to the uh, Vanderbilt game. So it's been a little bit, little bit since we talked, other than just like the quick little Instagram DM here or there just to make sure he's all right. But I saw him in all the videos. I saw him down there on the sideline coaching up the guys, making sure that Justin and Ethan were doing all the right things. And just being supportive, you got to remember, like, at the end of the day, these are 18 to 22-year-old college athletes. We can't be as critical on them as we are the Bears or Justin Fields, which is another topic for another day. But one thing, too, uh, that Rocky wanted to incorporate into the show that we'll get to at the very end is uh, he wanted to do a little pick-em portion. So we'll pick three college football games that are all ranked games, and then I picked three NFL games. Two that were really good games, and then one's just the Bears, because I want to see them say that the Bears won the next week. But, and I, I purposely picked that one because nobody thinks we're going to win. We we're actually playing against uh, the Giants, who are getting ready to suit up here on Monday Night Football. It looks like this is going to be another successful season here in DeKalb. And we just got to kind of stay the course. You got to trust the process, trust the coaching, and trust the players. The players that we've recruited into this program, as you've seen through Coach Hammett's regime, have progressively gotten better. We, have, we actually got our, our highest uh, rated or graded recruit, however, which way you want to look at it, in Ontario Brown, which he has done nothing but great to us so far in this season. And he's part of a three, three-headed monster between him, Mason, Blake, Moore, Harrison, Whitby. That when, it, when it's all said and done, you can probably call it the best rushing attack in the map. I almost slipped and said that conference with the double on conference right there. I would have got crucified on that IU Twitter for that. But, yeah, like, and then, too, you have to look at it like this. A lot of these guys over the last few weeks, the Liams of the world, the Tristan Tavises of the world, Fabian McCray's something up and making plays. On the defensive side of the ball, you have um, quite a few people on the D-line and Kate Haberman, who's not a traditional starter making plays. And picking up the slack where it's left off. And you have to remember, too, you got veteran presence like Kyle Pugh, Jordan Gandy's got quite a few college football years under his belt. And even though it seems like he just got here yesterday, Devin Lafayette is now in his third year at NIU. And the safeties are, look at this guy coming in and joining me. He's not listening, too. Let's go. You got to remember, though, too, Jordan Gandy, Devin Lafayette, that, that secondary is real experience. But enough of me. The man of the hour, I was just saying how I haven't talked to you in two weeks. I don't know how you doing, my guy. I've been good. I've been good. I know Clint's back. I'm just listening right now. Yeah. I want to say roll dogs. So <laughs> shout out, Clint. Yeah. Roll dogs from Clint. So I know you guys didn't win on Saturday, but if you we're going to put you on a hot seat right away. Offense and defense, who would you have to pick as players of the game for this past weekend? I think defense as a whole should be considered a player of the game. I mean, they played by far their best week, created turnovers, uh, made stops when they needed to, and really put us in an opportunity to win the game. Uh, offensively, we had a lot of good performances. O-line played extremely well. Run game came alive. Uh, and then Ethan Hammond played outstanding. So I was really proud of him talking yeah. about the game. I mean, he played uh, – he exceeded expectations. He played better than uh, you could have asked him to. So he was outstanding. Well, 
Yeah, I was just explaining. I mean, two years ago, the kids playing high school football, and then you also have to factor in that year that he was playing high school. His last season got shut down because of COVID. So to go from that to you get put in the game under pressure against Andy, and then he goes up against Kentucky, he did a great job. I saw how Nation was out there in full effect. What was the atmosphere like? And then some words of things with support out there. Yeah, it was awesome. We, we had a really good little section. We were loud all the uh, keeping us energized, keeping us in the game, and then the, the atmosphere at Kentucky was outstanding. It was awesome. Uh, fun atmosphere. It's my first SEC game. I have a unique environment, uh, quite a bit different from anything I've ever experienced. So, yeah, they got the little blue and white checkered end zone. It was like a pretty cool looking, and then you know, it's, it's a loud crowd, and then the SEC is just different. It's like basically like the NFL, but in college, so it's that serious point. I gotta ask you, so the last time we were here, I asked you to run the football board. You ran the football board and then you ended up getting hurt. So I will take full blame hospitalization for the injury, but take us through the play because it wasn't like, you don't have to get into the detail of what the injury was, but just take us through the play from your perspective. Yeah, it was just a misstep, you know, uh, went to slide, took a took a weird step, and yeah, it tweaked the knee a little bit. So that's uh, really just what happened. Really could have happened to anybody. It's a, it's a messed up. Yeah, it's part of the game. And then when you play the way you play it, you play such a physical game as quarterback, like you see you trucking people, running over people. It's bound to happen here and there. But how is the rehab process? I saw you out there on Saturday too, coaching. So what has the uh, not being able to play like that, like uh, in the locker room. Oh. Uh, it's good and bad. Uh, I was I was about as nervous as I've ever been for the Kentucky game, not not being able to play. Uh, but the rehab has been going well. I've been making uh, making games, and just trying to get back as soon as I can. Uh, but it was good being able to coach all those guys. I was able to get Ethan's here quite a bit, helping out throughout the game. Uh, leading the, trying to lead the defense as well. They have great energy all game, so just kind of stepping in there when I felt like they needed somebody to say something. And, uh, yeah, just doing everything you can to keep the, keep the side line going. Yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about the defensive line. The defensive line had five sacks out there on Saturday. And I was telling, for, for those that don't know, and Coach even talked a little bit about it at the press conference. He was talking a lot about how you guys were sending a lot of blitzes. So I, I even said to this guy, my pops, I go, you live by the blitz, you die by the blitz. So eventually you're going to get burned on the back end. But when the defense was able to get there, I count, count five different guys. I count Cade, Michael Kennedy, James Esther, Devontae O'Malley, and now the fifth is escaping me because I'm an idiot. But I know we had five sacks and it was five different guys. I gave them my player of the game from this past week. So I'm with you on that one. But Non-conference is over. It was a tough non-conference schedule. We played two SEC teams, and then Tulsa, who's no slouch. Like that was a that was a great game altogether. What did you guys learn most about this team, and where do you guys feel you got better from when you left camp until now having this conversation at a match? Yeah, well, I felt I felt like we got better every week. You know, one, not one of those games we played we couldn't have won. Uh, you see the improvement from week to week, so. I think we're at a we're at a really good point right now going into Mac play. Uh, I think we're our confidence is at an all time high. Our execution is low. Then coach always talks about that max man up mentality. Over the last few weeks, we've seen many guys step up, like Tristan Tavis with two touchdowns last week. The young DBs that played last week, uh, and then on top of that too, let's I mean Justin Reed, both quarterbacks came in. We saw the, the first little glimpse of Justin Lynch and some running fits. He was able to find Pater as well. So we can go other positions first, and then we'll go quarterbacks after. What have you seen from those guys stepping up in those spots? Yeah, well, like Coach Henry said, we got a lot of strength of our team. We got some uh, freshman DBs step up. Marion was out there. That was a shaky PI call call out. But he was, I mean, he was outstanding all game. We got young guys all so defensively, we got some step step up, and then like you said, new guys offensively just very stepped up. Uh, the old line as a whole stepped up. Evan Gus, who is a rotational guy for us, but with 
ago when we had childers and bowers it was like we couldn't figure out which one we wanted so we just put a bowl on it it was like one guy's been at this the other guy's been at that but this year this year you're living with that right so Ethan and Russell is Liam still there oh let's go oh yeah yeah, yeah. we talked about this because then Liam's got the three quarterbacks so he's, he doesn't need a jugs machine but he's got three quarterbacks now so I talked a little bit to um, Ethan though on Saturday like right after the game he said that they, like him and Tristan worked a lot over the last like, year and a half, basically being on second unit. So it was great to see that come out of the game. And then, too, like, it wasn't just any game. It was a top 10 defense that coming into this week only gave up nine points a game. So I know you were heartbroken to miss that game, but you definitely had to have had a sense of relief to be like, wow, he's growing up in front of my eyes, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, not only him, but also the run game. The run game was. It's been a little slow for us, just our standards, but to see us go out next to the run game was, was really awesome. Uh, I think it's going to carry over the next play a few weeks for us. And like you said, even growing up, and there were some things that he did this week where he made those same mistakes, where he made those plays as mistakes last week. Yeah. You know, we reviewed them, this, we reviewed the film, and talked about them, and, you know, simple stuff like we were rolling out, and there was one guy in front of him, and there was a little cut up. Last week, he didn't throw it, tried to run it. We got set it on fourth down. This week, he sent it to play. He baited to the end. We had to come, dropped it over his head, and completed the ball. So it's just, it's those little, those little things that, you know, we're working on. Add those little details, those little things. One of my favorite Coach Hammock instances, as long as we find a way to win the game by one more point than the other, and it's like, those small details all add up at the end of the day. And all I can think about is that speech that Al Pacino gives in uh, any given Sunday. It's like, but when you add up all those inches, <laughs> I won't say the rest, obviously, because we got Uh The battle of the Browns suck is this weekend, right? So last season, we needed a John Richardson game-winning field goal to win that one. And then it was followed up by arguably the greatest kicker celebration in the history of football. Do you guys have a celebration cooked up for this week? Just in case you guys win it, walk off match again? Well, I don't think we have anything planned. Hopefully not. Um, I would like it not to be a walk off again, but <laughs> you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I think the best best celebrations are all medical. So John Boyd did a good job celebrating. You know, the only way he knows how. So I just want to dance. I mean, I've been calling him the Iceman, and I will never stop calling him the Iceman until the day I I know nobody expected us to be sitting here at one and three at this point in the season, but with the slate wiped clean and conference play now just getting started, what is the most important for the team for this, or what is the most important thing for this team to do to get out there on Saturday? Uh, just don't want anything special. We're in a good spot. Um, we're the first four games to go all I want to think, but. You know, we just played a good game against the top 10 opponents. If we play like that against our next eight opponents, we're going to be just fine. All right, the rest is about going out, next time our job, doing what we know how to do, playing with confidence, playing with speed. Yeah, we saw out there on Saturday a uh, little trick play with Shabar Thornton. They were able to connect with Tristan for a touchdown. Don't divulge any more trick plays to me, but do you guys have like a special package where it's just like all trick plays, kind of like how you see on it? We, we call them elements. There are no tricks. You make the tricks, you make the mistake. Yeah, I think everybody's got a couple lined up. You would have 50 of them, right? You know, we got, we got a couple of special situations. We might not play last year as well. Um, Trayvon, so, you know, they're good to have, they're good for team players, they're good for social situations, so, you know, uh, the elements can be good. Yeah, and this was a little bit before your time, but the first game that I covered, we had to play like that, it was like a Husky special, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna start coming up with different games. 
outside of the hustling special and my own playbook. So when they come back out with NCAA football next year, and I have to re-import you and re-import Clint and Braden back onto my team, we're gonna find a way to run those plays. But defensively, so you played Ball State once. I don't know if they changed anything too drastically. I know Mike the picture might be still their head coach. What do you expect to see from them defensively this week? Yeah, they're mostly similar. They do have a new defense coordinator, but uh, they're, they're pretty similar. You know, you expect them to play hard. Yeah, they're a physical unit. Uh, they play fast. They play together. You know, put a bunch of effort. So, you know, we, we expect a you know pretty standard coverage coverage in front of the head last year. But, you know, they're gonna play hard and put a lot of effort. We, we just gotta go out there and match them defensively. And then offensively, um, I, I don't know if you'll be playing this weekend, but regardless of if you're out there or not, what do you want to see from the offense this week to make sure that we're able to get points and punches? Because I think that's one thing that hasn't really been an issue, but we don't know what to expect from this match. You know, no match noise this year. It could be like 55 to 50, or it could be like 9 to 7. So nothing in between. Uh, I think we just need to see more of the same. You know, like I said earlier, we would like to see the run game continue to improve. Like I said, it was good last week, and I think if we go out there and we can scoop up the last week, we're going to be just fine. Um, but the run game is huge for us, and then, you know, we uh, got our critical downs. Third down, on second long, but we get that, you know, on third down, we pick up the first, they're giving us the fourth and So it just manages the situation uh, effectively, and then scroll over in the rest of yeah, we know we love the fourth down conversion over the last two years. I know this year the success is not there yet, but last year you have to remember number one team in all college football on fourth down. So it's a numbers game. Eventually those will start being conversions, and then eventually people like me will have to shut up about it. But can you speak on the importance of rivalry games to our program, especially trophy games here like this one against Ball State? I think is one of our biggest rivalries of all, and the trophy is in our possession right now. Everyone in this room likes to keep them, right? Yes, for sure. I think it's one of, I believe it's one of two trophy games we have. As far as I know, we have two. And the coach thing I'm afraid of this morning is the most beautiful trophies I've ever seen, which may be a little bit of exaggeration, but you get the point. Yeah, it's, it's a big game for us. We got the trophy on hands right now. We like to keep it. We like to bring it back to Paris like we did last year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an important game for us. Rivalry games are important. Uh, important for momentum. Important for uh, I mean, look around us. Every which way we look, we're surrounded by cornfields. It's only right that we have the Bronx, Scott, and the Cowboy. It doesn't. It simply just doesn't belong in one scene of the year. This is your second year going into math play, right? Everyone, so right now it's just a Saturday, Sundays, it's normal. But what are you looking forward to most by your second year competing in this conference? Um, honestly, just experience in the, in the playbook. This is my second year with Coach E and Coach Nine. So to have confidence in the playbook and being comfortable knowing the reads and not having yeah. to think, you know, just go out there and play. That, that's what I'm most excited about. I feel like I'm playing the best I've ever played. I feel confident. And, yeah, I mean, that, that's what it's about. I haven't had, I haven't had too many offenses in the middle of the same offense. So that's what I'm most looking forward to. And then I know we don't have uh, a return date set for you, but I know you probably going to be chomping at the bit to get back out there on the field. What are you looking forward to most about strapping that helmet back up and get back out there for us? Have a little control over the outcome of the game. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. You know, it's no fun going out there and just, you know, cheering. And, you know, really have any, you don't feel like you have any impact over the game. You're nervous. And, you know, you can't control it. So That's what I'm most excited about. I'm excited to get back to uh, have an impact on the game. Well, I gotta, I gotta take this one from Coach Annick's playbook. You can only control what you control, right? You gotta let the rest take care of itself. And luckily, these weren't conference games that we dropped because it'd be hard to come back from a, from a one and three start conference. But you get a fresh slate. I would say I'm around the table earlier, but again, I'm not strapping up the helmet or putting on the pad. So that's just me talking. But I gotta ask you so last year here in college, 
Hopefully, yes. No more. You know the NFL. When we see your jersey up on this wall, maybe over there next to Michael Turner. What are three things that you absolutely have to accomplish for them? I would say I want to win, I want to win another competition. Uh, I would say other than that, I just want to see this team go out and compete and do the best that they can do for four quarters every game. I think that's really what matters. I know last week we didn't get the result we wanted. I was extremely proud of the team going out there and competing for four quarters. You know, playing good football for the most part, not too many mistakes. We played about as good of a game as we could have played. Sometimes all was bouncing away, and that's okay. We went out there and we did the best we could. Uh, we beat all every every second of the game. Yeah, I mean, even until that last, it was that last first down with two minutes left. There, I'm still in my head saying a lot of game left, like crafting the path. I'm like, all right, get a stop here, get a touchdown. You need to. I was I was thinking if Hammock went for one before, I was thinking he was going to save for two for the second to do the Georgia Tech thing, where it's just like, we're not going to overtime. We're playing to win. We don't get the two, we lose. But analytics, the analytics-driven decision that Coach Hammock made was the right decision to go for two the first time around with the, the math on your side. But if you don't get that first time, you'll get the second. And we've seen over the last few years that we're a really good team on uh, – third, fourth down, and then two in those two-point conversion uh, plays. But like I said a little bit earlier, we lost a few guys this week. I see someone that we haven't seen in a few weeks since we did get over here, but we lost Marcus Cox this week. We lost Shamar Thornton this week. But he got a chance to talk to those guys, kind of see how they're feeling and just trying to get, lift their spirits up because, you know, as a leader on this team and someone who's also going through that same, I'm not able to help or change the team feeling, it's got to be tough, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I was able to talk to all of them. I saw them today. Uh, this morning we watched the film. I saw them this afternoon. We had a little walk in practice. So, uh, we're all in pretty good spirits, though. Uh, Shamar and I talked for about 30 minutes. Uh, we're going to warm up, obviously. We're going to do the warm up. So we're talking it up. You guys are doing me- mental yeah, we're reps. Doing I'm mental reps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking it up, just talking it up. How the team's coming in four weeks and how ready we are for that play. So I think everybody's in good spirits. Everybody's ready to go. Regardless of who's in there, I know that they're going to have the support of the whole team. So. so I saw something on Twitter.com this afternoon that was released from another team of the next social media account. I don't know if you've been on Twitter or seen it, but over the weekend, uh, Miami of Ohio beat Northwestern at Northwestern. Their post-game final score post was Chicago's back Thoughts on that as the current title holders of the back and then we're not necessarily in Chicago, but we're the closest, right? I did I did see that. I also saw I saw under clearly northwestern the Chicago South Team. A little unfair, but yeah, they're funny. But yeah, like you said, we're not in Chicago. We're close to the right. Yeah, I mean, we, we've, had, uh, we've had some, some dominant success over the last 15, so I don't think there's any question on that. Uh, we'll prove it again this year. Obviously, we're in November. And then I didn't get to talk to you after the Vaderville game, but I saw that the 2012 team was there. Jordan Lynch was there. All the old guys were there. Did you get a chance to talk to Jordan? And obviously, you might have had more teams yeah, uh, I know Jordan by now. We were just being roommates at the same time. So, yeah, we got to talk a little bit. We got to talk about the season, brought up some old memories. I had some laughs. It was good to meet all those guys, too. Uh, I had never really met anybody else from that team. So, yeah. to meet some of those guys. See how uh, their locker room atmosphere was compared to ours. What they did well, what they didn't for us, it's just good to have those conversations. So I got to thank you because I've said it on the podcast before, and I'll say it again while we have everyone get here, but the current state of the program that you guys have it in is the best state that it's been in since that 2014. So we can only expect things to continue to go up from here. The whole community is really proud of you guys. And I mean, this year, like you said, you have everything right there in front of you. You have a non-conference ship to go your way. 
but you have eight opportunities to go one and zero each week, right? That's the mentality that Coach Nick preaches. Make sure that you guys live by it. But last week we talked a little bit about kind of adding new stuff to the show, incorporating different things. I tip my cap a little bit earlier, but I went through and found three college football games, all ranked, ranked and ranked. So it's like you can pick either side. So we'll go through the list and then. We were both wrong. We only picked one game last time. It was Monday Night Football. We both picked the Broncos. Let me tell you, Russ was not picking last night. But it is what it is. So the first game that we will do, and we know that it was just a friend fun right here trying to see who knows the game more. But Oklahoma State and Baylor. See, I was thinking I was thinking Oklahoma State in the end now, but I did watch Baylor play last week. Cyrus State, they look good, but not good Oklahoma State. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going Oklahoma State, too. Spencer Sanders is an absolute dog. They score. I've never seen an Oklahoma State team score like that, obviously, because I, I wasn't around when Barry Sanders was playing, but uh, I have a little experience with Oklahoma State being a Notre Dame fan. I know they're not to be muscle, so that could be one of the games of the week. I'm really excited for that one. The next game, ACC... Wake Forest and Sam Hartman take on Jordan Travis and Forest. And Forest State's undefeated, 4 0. And Wake Forest is coming off of a loss against Clemson. I don't know if you got a chance to see that. I think that's wild, too. Yeah, Forest State's a little unexpected. They're having an unexpected good start to the season. I like the way Sam Hartman's playing. I think, I think Wake Forest's offense is outstanding. Not sold on the defense yet, but I think that you know, we'll see. Hopefully, they show up. I'm taking Wake Forest. Rocky, yes. More picks coming. I got yeah. There's more coming. We're, we'll do three college and three NFL each week, and then we'll add it all up at the end of the season. See who's got the knowledge. But yeah, we're not we're not in any different boats right now because I too am taking great force. The Sam Hartman story is actually really crazy because if you look at it, Sam Hartman was ineligible at the beginning of the year because we're not ineligible but inactive because um, I think it was like a heart condition or something. And last year, if you watched the way he plays, it's like he has such a beautiful touch on the ball. They have quality receivers and backs. But yeah, defense, none of that's going to be getting played in this game. Florida State can score a lot of points too. So I think like this could even be like an overtime game. I don't know what, exactly what field it's at, but I'm going to for it. This one I think we might disagree on, but I could be wrong. Clemson against North Carolina State. Our former head coach, Dave Dorans, leading his top 10 team in North Carolina State against Clemson, who's in the top five. Uh, DJ Ukulele is their quarterback. I can't say his last name, but we still be blaming. And uh, I forgot who it was over at NC State. I think yeah, I don't know right? Down here, yeah. See, it takes a quarterback to know a quarterback. But for this game, who do you think wins this one between Clemson and North Carolina State? Yeah, this is a good one. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah. I, I think Clemson's been playing well. I think they've stuck on a couple wins, though. I'm not sold on Clemson yet. Uh, NC State's a good team. The only question I have for NC State is as a program, can they win those big games? Yeah. Right? That's, that's the question for me. Is can you overcome that, you know, that wall? Clemson, Wake Forest. Yeah, yeah. Becoming a possible conference champion. But I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go with NC State. I, I like yeah. the I think, I think Clemson's good for the loss, so we'll see. We, we have a future for you as uh, the celebrity best picker on college game day when you're all done playing the way these picks are going. But, yeah, okay, so I was wrong. I thought you were going to take Clemson. I hate Clemson like I hate Green Bay Packers. That was when he makes me so irrational. He makes me so irrationally angry. And I just kind of want to root for the – I want – yeah, I know, I know, Jake. Hey, we're all – we're all tied for first place right now, okay? We found a way to win a football game yesterday somehow. But, yeah, I'm going to go NC State. College football is beautiful because of offsets like this. And it's – let's see someone else win the ACC this year. Whether it's – I just want to see one of those three teams and just not Clemson win it. Because those three teams are all having great seasons. But, all right, so we'll hop on over to the NFL. You know I had to throw this one in there because I'm a Bears guy, and it's kind of weird start to the season, but somehow we find ourselves at two and one. But this upcoming game they play up against the Giants, who are playing the Cowboys right now here on Monday Night Football. Who do you think wins that game? That one's going to be at Soldier Field. No Bears. No reason. Justin Fields is good for a game. No reason. 
Critters. <laughs> As someone who played against Justin Fields, can you can you I talk me off the ledge because we haven't seen great play from Fields. You know that's someone that you competed against at Ohio State. You're a quarterback. You look at the game differently. What are some things that us as Bears fans who are all I'm pulling whatever hair I have left out of my head trying to watch this team? What can we be positive about Fields looking forward? Well, to be fair, I haven't, I haven't watched enough of Fields to give you an accurate evaluation. Probably. I think, I think first of all, he hasn't gotten enough. Yet. I think I don't know if that's his deal or his coach's deal. Yeah, there's not enough attempts. I mean, he's you gotta let the kids play. You gotta let the kids go out there and do what he does best. He's a, he's a ridiculous athlete, so I don't have a skill to see in the NFL. So. Yeah. Um, so I think you just gotta cut him loose and see if he can play. If he can play, play if not, you find some. If not, you gotta go back to the draft. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for the sake of the league, they're not they're not letting him play. They're trying to show his good side, not show his bad side, or I don't know. But I think you gotta cut him loose and see if he's together. Well, as a quarterback, let me ask you this. So I know you don't like turning the ball over, but would you rather throw an interception and learn something than? Hand the ball off and not figure what you would have learned in that coverage if you threw the ball. I would rather throw an interception and learn something than hand the ball off and not score. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's your job to quarterback score touchdowns. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you hand the ball off, you throw the ball, whatever. You got to score touchdowns. You know, you're going to have learning experiences along the way, but eventually those learning experiences have to lead the touchdowns. I'm sitting here thinking, you're like, if I throw an interception, that means I turn into a linebacker and I can tackle. But if I just hand it off, I can only put my hands in the air when I across the goal line. This next game, I think this is the best game of the week, right? Kansas City takes on Tampa Bay. Both teams just lost really strange games yesterday. The Kansas City kicker was their backup. I got Is their backup? I missed the kick, and they just didn't play a great game. And then uh, the Bucks ran into Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, and they were not able to find a way back in. But who do you think wins between these two? See, this is an interesting game because I didn't expect either of these teams to lose last week. I knew Tampa had a shot with Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I think it really comes down to the health of Tampa's receivers. Yeah. I think if they get at least two of those three guys, then it's three guys out. Yeah, Evans, Julio was out. Julio, Evans was out. I think there's another one. Yeah. But I think. I think if two of the three of them come back, Tampa wins. If not, KC. So uh, I, don't, I don't know what the injuries are specifically. Now this is this is a oh the coach and the coach meetings for the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson take on the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen. After a crazy game, the, the Dolphins end up beating the Bills. They take sole possession of the AFC East. Both teams coming in this game at 2 and one Yeah. Just, I really like Baltimore right now. I think they're playing well. I think Lamar's playing really well. But Buffalo coming off a coming off loss. I think Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the league. He's got, he's got something pretty funny on All right, so I, I skipped over my pick for KC Tampa, but all right, so I'll – I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Tampa on that one too because you just you just can't go against Tom Brady in two weeks in a row. Like Tom Brady, I think I think Mahomes loses. Mahomes loses two weeks in a row before Brady does. But I am gonna go opposite in the Buffalo game, and it's a contract year for Lamar Jackson. He's been throwing the ball well. He's been running the ball well, and they've been scoring a lot of points. The only thing that concerns me is that they have not been playing great defense. So. I could be eating my words on this one, but that's why we play the game. That's why we make the picks. I have one final, uh, I guess you say just general football question. I know we're only a month into the season right now. If the college football playoffs started tomorrow, who's your four? My four? Yeah. Or your four teams, not yeah, just number yeah. four, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, Georgia? Georgia's, you know, they're number one right now. Yeah. Ohio State, I think they're going to win the Big Ten. They look good. I like the way they look. They just smoked Wisconsin. Yeah. That was unexpected. Um, I don't, I don't know if I see anybody from the Big 12 getting in. I see, I see the ACC champ getting in. I don't know who it's going to be. I'll say NC State. 
I'll say State, okay. And then, um, I don't know about the Big 12 either. You, if Oklahoma State, it would probably be Oklahoma State yeah. if they can run the table. Gosh, I don't know. The fourth might be a toss up. Fourth might be a toss up. Might be, might be, might be Alabama. Oh no! I think they're squeaking. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, they'll find a way. Unfortunately, unfortunately for uh, unfortunately for Rocky, by the time he graduates, is when they're starting to expand the playoffs. So we won't get a chance to see. You guys in the college football play well, at least you, maybe some of the guys on the table have a chance. But it's, it's definitely interesting. I think this year is as wide open as it can be. And I actually was reading an article earlier, and it was like the fatal flaws of all the CFP teams. So I think, yeah, Georgia's probably a given. Alabama could be that. It really just depends on what happens between the tier. You get Alabama at one or Georgia at one and vice versa. I don't. The Pac-12 is not a serious conference to me yet. Like, USC got taken to the brink of elimination by Oregon State. Oregon State's a solid team. They play really good football. They couldn't get over the fact that their quarterback is three or four years, and that's tough to get over. But, yeah, I like where you're at with the Big 12. I think Oklahoma State could be that, like, dark horse if they can run the table because Oklahoma has lost. And then – like, yeah, the, the programs that say that they're back every two years, Texas is not back. Miami is definitely not back. They lost the middle of the state last week. But, yeah, I know we didn't get the big upset this year. I know you won't be here next year when we get it. But I would expect you just like Clint to come back, come see it from the other side with the rest of us regular folks. We have a good time in the stands, too. But, it was another another good live edition here of the Rocky Lombardi Show, the second live edition of this season from Fanny's Pub and Grill. We'll be live every Monday until midweek matching begins. Make sure to stay tuned to the Huskies on Tap channel on Apple and Spotify for future podcasts, future episodes of the show. Rocky and I will be back next week to recap the ball state game and take a look ahead to show the we'll take a look ahead. I skipped the sentence. If you stopped in the show, we appreciate your time. And even if you're catching the show on your favorite podcasting platform or now on your Twitter spaces, we appreciate you as well. This is the Rocky Lombardi Show presented to you by Onset Sportsnet and brought to you by Fatty's Public Girl. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at the 300 And you can follow Rocky at Rocky Lombardi 12. Our main account where all of our podcasts and articles can be found at Huskies on or ontapsportsnet.com. We look forward to seeing you here next week for next week's show. And go Huskies. Yeah. I got drink on living lips in the kitchen whipping magic. I got drink on living lips in the kitchen with magic. Bad bitch, bad habits. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Toya put me over coming with the they took my heart away. Hard away, hard away, hard away, jumping it hard away.